Welcome to the United Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. If you could do me a quick favor, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, could you please take 10 seconds to leave us a five-star review and a comment about the speaker that you like the most? I love having speakers on here twice, so your feedback definitely lets me decide on who to invite on the show. I want to thank our good friends at Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish has been a loyal supporter since the very beginning with the podcast and the coaching clinics. Follow them on social media. They put awesome stuff out there all the time on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Dish B-Ball on all social media. Also, coaches, check out UnitedBasketballPlus.com. It's the newest resource we have. Use the promo code UB+. That's capital U, capital B+. Coaches, enjoy the podcast. Coaches, I'm super excited to have Travis Doherty with Champions 101. Again, you've heard him um, release a lot of podcasts the last six or seven months on Mondays. And finally, Travis, we get to be on the show together. We're the co-hosts who've been, like never been on the show together. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, it does feel a little odd to have you on the other end of this interview. Well, you're the pro. I'm just I'm just learning. No. <laughs> But, you know, again, guys, Travis runs Champions 101. Many of you have heard him at the uh, Hoosier Gym Clinic. Uh, he spoke last year. He's speaking again this year. And, uh, man, we're going to talk about um, how to recover from a tough season, how to recover from a brutal season, possibly, for some of us listening, or oh, we've all had one. So, Travis, uh, let's, let's get this started. And what are your first thoughts when, when we talk about uh, when you come off a season and, man, you were worn out mentally, physically, spiritually? It just wasn't what you thought it would be. Yeah, I think um, I think you hit the nail on the head that, you know, if if any of us who made a commitment to this profession, um, this is going to be part of our coaching story. Right. I mean, like um, we, we can be a great coach. And I know we've got coaches from just about every level who who listen in here, um, and, and certainly you know there's a different different uh, responsibility to bear. Maybe if you're a, a college coach who's recruiting your players, but certainly as a high school coach, when you know there there are some lean years for for all of us uh, coaching at that level, man, it can it can be a real grind. And and when we you know first started uh, talking about this conversation. One of the first questions that kind of came to my mind is, you know, what is it that might make a diff- a season so difficult? I mean, I think there are so many different variables. Um, some are are obvious, you know, like like our win loss record, um, and some maybe not so obvious. So I guess I was interested to hear from you maybe first, like um, in your opinion, when 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 you think about difficult seasons kind of throughout your career, I'm guessing, I'm guessing some of those tough win loss years come to mind, but, but what are some of the other things that have made seasons difficult for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When, I, when we were talking about this, I jotted some notes down and win loss record, not reaching potential was one thing I, I thought of issues within, within the team, cultural issues, uh, some infighting, maybe, maybe a couple players quit. Uh, maybe there's a key injury that kind of, kind of derails you. Uh, I thought of issues with parents, issues with people kind of outside the program, not that parents are necessarily outside the program, but you know, they, they are on some level, just issues with, with parents. And then 
you know, it even crossed my mind, just general stress, not taking care of your body, your mind, enough sleep, diet. You know, I know, I think that that's something that a lot of coaches just give into. We're like, all right, well, the season's starting. I'm going to not get any sleep and eat like I'm going to eat fast food all the time and rarely see my family. And, and then the season's over and, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel horrible. You know, I just have let myself go in many, many, many ways. Uh, so those were the things that crossed my mind. Um, but with the win loss record, you know, I think that, you know, some, you know, when you have a good team, like, you know, you know, you know, the league, you, you, you just know. And, and sometimes you're like, Hey, we can compete for a region championship or a district or sectional, whatever your state has, and you fall well short of it, but you could have done that. And I think that weighs on coaches a lot uh, because, you know, many people are, you know, that's the job security for many people is their record, whether yeah. that's fair or not, even at yeah. the high school level where we're not recruiting. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's um, funny and, and kind of silly and maybe a little bit sad about coaches is I think probably each one of us have been in that spot where, you know, you've worked with your team all off season. Uh, you pull up your, your schedule, you know, in the preseason and you kind of start lining up game by game, you know, well, okay, this is, this should be a win. This is a 50-50 game, you know, and obviously, um, I think one of the challenges with that is, I think just human nature is that, that we always kind of create for ourselves, like the most positive version of the story we're hoping to write. Yes. And very rarely in, in a profession like this, where relationships and conflict and culture are, are and integral and injuries and bad luck. I mean, there's so many variables that, you know, sometimes that's, that's an unhealthy, um, unrealistic, almost expectation. But we, so many of us fall prey to that, that I want to look ahead and try to establish for myself, like we should win 15 this year. Well, you know, maybe on paper you should, but I think all of us know that the game's not played on paper. Yeah. And there are almost always these unexpected things that come up. So I think that's that's part of it that came to my mind as well. And what's funny about um, defining a difficult season is that, it, you know, when you really dig in, like when I look at my history in coaching, some of my most difficult seasons have been some pretty successful seasons win-loss wise. Um, and I think that's, you know, the idea of a difficult season initially, I think you think of how many did we win and how many did we lose? But, you know, I was thinking about, as you said, like, you know, the relationships, especially within the team or uh, from player to player or from coach to player. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, some of the challenging seasons I've had have had, have, have centered around really successful teams where that expectation was just like sky high. Mm -hmm. And so there's just this constant pressure, this stress that um, what you've done isn't good enough. Like there's always another thing to do. And, um, and that just, that just wears on you over the course of the year. I think you mentioned too, just that, that, that balance, like in your personal life, you know, like when, um, even if things are going well within your program, but you know, the, the stress of like, I'm never at home. And when I am at home, my mind's constantly occupied by my team and my relationship with my spouse or with my kids is, you know, it's just um, the, the margin that I think benefits any relationship just kind of, just kind of vanishes. 
a lot of times for coaches during the season. I know for me, you know, like when the season came around, I just my my level and it's sort of my comfort level with confrontation just went up because yeah. I felt like I just showed up at practice every day with my radar up on, you know, who do I need to challenge and who isn't meeting the standard. And to be honest with you, there were times where I, I could see that sort of bleed into like my relationship with my wife or mm-hmm. with my kids, where that's just who I was. My, 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 you know, my comfort with confrontation was just yeah. elevated. And so those are some things that are almost like separate, separated from the, the win loss record and, and maybe even exist despite having on paper, like a really successful year, like you won a lot of games and advanced in the tournament and maybe even exceeded expectations. And yet um, some of the, some of those things can exist for a coach listening here who um, is, is trying to recover from maybe a very successful season and yet still a very difficult season. Right. Yeah. You can be mentally drained and physically drained and um, win the state championship, or you could have gone one in 19 and you could equally feel the same on on some level. Um, Well, let's look at whatever the reason is for the coach listening or myself at times we've had that difficult slash unsuccessful season in our mind what is the next move? Like, where do you, where do you, how do you recover? How do you move on? How do we reestablish our focus? I, I obviously, um, you know, the, the, the idea here is, is worthwhile, but um, practically speaking, um, it can be harder to step away and create some space and start that recovery process. Maybe, um, than, than what it appears in your mind. I think one thing that comes to mind almost immediately is like um, in order to recover, I think there are probably some things that as the coach and leader of your program, you're going to have to be able to kind of like let go of and walk away from in order to recover effectively. And at the same time, I think there are some things that you're going to like have to address and and wrap up and put a bow on and like create some closure around to be able to Mm -hmm. recover from. So, you know, that those things to me are really important. I think to define for a coach, like for instance, you know, like if, if it's been, if it's been a bad luck season where you've had unexpected injuries or, you know, uh, a couple of, a couple of like one possession games that don't go your way. And, and maybe even in a sense, like your overall one, one loss record in some ways, I think you got to be able to just like, let go of it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's probably not going to benefit you to spend all off season thinking about every bad bounce from the previous year. Um, So, you know, that's one of those things that I think you got to be able to let go of. Um, criticism, especially from like the outside, you know, is another one of those things that I think can be easy for us as coaches to hang on to. Uh, Some of those like challenging conversations that we had during the year or, or people who've kind of unfairly taken shots at you from the outside, it can be easy to find ourselves. I know at times like just stewing over some of those things that happened maybe weeks or months ago. Um, that we haven't been able to let go of. 
and and then just that you know the the switch i guess that sometimes you just have to choose to flip off sometimes just the all consuming commitment to your program and your team and the next thing like i think that obviously is is one sign of a great coach and yet if you look at like really successful coaches even at the highest level those guys those guys are able to sort of compartmentalize like they have someplace to go to get away from the game. You know, when I was thinking about this concept, Nick Saban came to mind. Like, is there a guy who grinds harder than Nick Saban? I mean, he's, he is the most committed. He's, he's on his assistance all the time. I mean, the, the level of commitment for the people in his program is as high as I think probably any program in any sport in the country at any mm -hmm. level. And yet, I, you know, like I, I've seen these features they do on Nick Saban about, like who he is when he goes to his lake house and how he's like a totally different person, even sometimes in season, you know, he'll take a day and go and just, and they show him he's laughing, he's dancing, you know, he, he's out on his boat. Like you can see it that he's been able, like, like he's chosen to turn that switch off. Right. Because he knows he needs it. And I guess to me, you know, I, if a guy like that is, is comfortable in flipping that switch and, and I think probably recognizes for his own good, for the good of his relationships, for the good of his program, he needs a little bit of that balance. Then I think that ought to give people like us permission to flip that switch once in a while yeah. too, and not feel like we're cheating our kids or, or we're missing out, you know, obviously there's a high level of commitment, you know, that we're responsible for, for making here. But um, if we don't, if we don't let go of some of that, especially in the off season, then, you know, we're just, we're going to be fried when it's, when it's probably time for us to be able to recover. United Basketball Plus is your doorway to all things basketball. If you desire to go further, faster as a coach and leader, if you want to maximize your team's potential, or if you simply just want to be a student of basketball, United Basketball Plus is the resource to take you to the next level in your basketball journey. As a member, you will have access to some of the greatest minds in basketball today. The in-depth videos provided by these coaches and basketball experts will help make difficult concepts simple to understand and teach. With your membership, you will have access to video playbooks, sports psychology, fast model playbooks, skill development, speed agility, and various other United Basketball Clinic videos. Your annual membership also includes access to our 2021 United Basketball Clinics, as well as discounts to attend future basketball clinics. The best way to find out all we have to offer is to visit us at unitedbasketballplus.com. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Having the, the time to get away, unplug, put the film down and just do something for an hour or two a couple times a week is important. When I was thinking about recovering, I, I just thought about my own personal journey as a coach and you can relate is sometimes it takes a while to get, a, you need some time to get away from the season. Like it takes, sometimes it takes me longer than others to really process how the season was right. Like, whether it was reaching certain goals, was the culture what we want it to be. So I think that you really need to just sit back and think, was it really as bad as you think? Like, mm -hmm. are you beating yourself up for things that were out of your control? 
Like, you know, kid goes down with ACL, you know, maybe kid even quits, right? Like what is really under your control and could you, what could you have done different? So I think a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves and we try to control what's the uncontrollables and we beat ourselves up for it. So I think that's the time where you, I mean, this year, I think it probably took me a good three weeks away from the season to really like get it all in perspective. And it was a fine season. You know, we lost a heartbreaker at the end. That's, you know, to go to state tournament, which weighed on me a lot. I think of two things in that game, two decisions I made that could have maybe gone the other way or maybe not. Right. It may not have made a difference at all. Yeah. But don't just beat yourself up just because that's what coaches do. Like we're just so hard on ourselves all the time. It's okay to be like, you know what? It really wasn't that bad. Maybe some parents aren't happy. Maybe, but they're not in the war room every day with you at practice and film dealing with your players. Um, Yeah. And I I think maybe that's to me, that's where it kind of comes down to just like the self-awareness to recognize, like, is this, is this serving me? You know, like me dwelling on this thing, whatever that thing is for you in, in the postseason after the season, is this, is this making me better? There's some things that are worth dwelling on. There are some things that are worth thinking about Um, as, as you, you know, already start the process of trying to learn and improve for next year. Yes. But there are some things that don't serve you. And I do think sometimes in, 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 in the name of our commitment to coaching, you know, we can be sort of gluttons for punishment in that way that, we feel like we have to dwell on some of this stuff that doesn't make us better. It doesn't make our kids or our, our team or our culture or our program better. And that to me requires, you know, a, a level of self-awareness that sometimes as coaches, we're not always great at possessing. Yes. And, you know, one of the last thoughts I had as I was thinking about this afternoon was, you know, you have to have a time of reflection, and then you have a time, you know, of refocusing. And I think it comes down to why are you doing this? Like, what is, what is your why? I know that's a popular phrase book by uh, Simon Sinek. But, like, really think about the why. That's why, yeah. again, I've said over and over, you can have a great success. I've had some very successful seasons that yeah. felt empty. Yeah. I've had some seasons where, you know, we struggled. We really struggled, but we stuck together. Maybe we didn't make it to the tournament, but it felt better because our we we stayed on on our why. Like, what are we doing this for? And yeah. that's where I think we lose our focus, and the the other things kind of weigh us down if we lose our why. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think you know when I think about my experience in coaching over the course of the fifteen years I was a head coach, this this probably speaks to just nothing more than just my own maturity. Um, but, but understanding just as you said, what is my identity? You know, like if, if my identity is only connected to my win loss record, then there's going to be years where I feel really good about myself. And there's going to be years that I feel terrible about myself, especially coaching at the level that I did. Um, so, you know, I, I, I talk a lot when I work with coaches about um, clarifying the difference between our goal and our purpose, mm-hmm. right? That in my opinion, our goal as coaches is to win. 
And winning is a worthy goal to have. I think, I think winning and the pursuit of winning is really important. I don't want to diminish the value of winning, but winning is not our purpose. If, if we're really in this for the right reason, you know, I, I think our, our purpose is to develop winners, to use this experience to teach kids yep. some valuable lessons and build the skills that, um, they may not recognize are really important to who they are and who they're going to become. But, you know, you, you know, you hear that like famous um, Amos Alonzo stag quote about, you know, are you a successful coach? And he says, well, ask, ask me, or was this a successful team? And he says, ask me in 20 years, you know, when these guys are, are mm-hmm. husbands and fathers and professionals. Um, and, and that's a little cliche in some ways, but it's also, it's also true when it comes to, um, you know, as you said, why do I do what I do? And was this season a success for me? If, if you're only defined by your win loss record, then you're probably going to have a hard time recovering from a tough season because your entire identity is connected to that number. Right. Um, But if you're committed to doing some of that deeper level work with your guys, then to me, there there's a, a lot of value in your experience together this season, even if you didn't achieve every goal you set out to achieve, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think um, that that can be a hard balance to strike in a highly competitive environment. And I know, you know, every coach is judged by their win loss record and and there's no diminishing the importance of that pursuit of winning, but there's also got to be something else. There's got to be something deeper that, that you can look to, to say this season, this season mattered. Mm-hmm. And, and here's why totally separate from the score on a scoreboard. Yeah. I think about, I guess in the last seven or eight years, I was, I was an assistant coach on a team and I think we were and I, and going into the season, you know, the head coach and I, like our expectations were very, very high just because the, the system we would be running, the the kids we had. And I think we ended eight and 16. And, you know, a lot of people would say that was, you know, unsuccessful, uh, not a success. But I remember being in the locker room after that last game and the tears, the, 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 the speech, the, what the kids said to each other, other, like they truly learned to love and care about each other. And so, yes, and the moment, you're like, oh, what a disappointment. But I'm looking back six or seven, eight years later, like it, it was an okay season. It, it was fine. What what those kids learned, and when I see them around Chattanooga and I see them around places and their parents, you know, the bond that's there. And you know what? You can learn a lot through losing as well. You know, no one wants the tough season. No one wants the tough period at your job or in your marriage or whatever. But you can come out of it stronger and almost look back and be thankful that you faced some things that you you overcame. And then as a head coach just a couple of years ago, um, and I've said this and I've been doing this a long time, we ended the season 13 and 13. Again, missed the state tournament by one game. But I think it's the most successful season and the, one of the best coaching jobs I've done and with the kids buying in. Another one of those moments where, like, we laid every ounce of ourselves out there and that's the best we did. And – but again, if I survey the community, man, no, 500 doesn't cut it. Well, to me, um, it was a very, we did a really good job. Very proud of what we did that season. So sometimes you've got to tune out the noise around you 
And like the quote said, yes, in 20 years, I'm looking back seven years or six years, like, yes, it was a good season. It was difficult, but it was worth it as well. Yeah. And and you said at the very beginning of this conversation, as, as you like are thinking about anticipating the year ahead, you know, you know what you've got, right? Like, you know, if you've got a good team or not. Mm -hmm. And I think you could probably say the same thing after the season, looking back, right? Like, of course the record matters and you're going to be judged by the record in in some regard, but you know, if you did a good job, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, I think there are plenty of coaches who probably had a good win loss record this year who didn't do a good job. And I think many of them probably know it. Yeah. And I think there are probably some coaches who had a really tough year, but they know they did a good job. They know they got the most out of their group. They know that they were working on some deeper level, higher purpose type stuff with their kids. Like, you know, if you've, if you've really coached your group yeah. and you, you got to be able to trust that, especially once you're in it a while, you know, like you said, like maybe that's the maturity is sometimes it takes six or seven years to look back and recognize the reality of it. And it's hard to do when you haven't coached very long, but once you've been in it a while, you know, and you got, you got to be secure enough in yourself to, to accept the reality of that truth, you know? Yeah. And and I think you and I discussed this earlier about you also talk to your stakeholders in the program as you have your exit meetings with players, as you break down the season with your assistant coaches, you know, maybe your athletic director brings you in for an annual evaluation, like really get their honest opinion about the season, what they thought about it, what their experience was. Um, I like to even, I, I like it, you know, I work in a system where people were very honest from a fan's perspective, not that you, always take that in consideration but i love it when i run into someone who hasn't seen the t- hasn't been to a gordon lee game in like seven years like oh my gosh coach smith that team plays hard that team lays it out like it was really worth me giving up my tuesday night and five dollars to watch you guys play you know you just what are the stakeholders saying sometimes and and sometimes if they're saying negative things we can't always just tune it out like okay if i'm hearing the same thing you know if my ad says this don't just rule him out because he's not a pra- like Take you got to take some negative feedback if you really want to grow and really get the whole you know the whole picture. Yeah, yeah, and and that whole thing there speaks to a point I made earlier and probably didn't clarify well. I, I think as I talked about, there there are some things that you got to be willing to let go of. Right? We kind of talked about like maybe maybe it's the record, maybe it's um, the criticism from from some of those outsiders. Uh, maybe it's just the the all-consuming nature of of your of your thoughts on the year, but there are also some things I think that you really need to get closure on in order to recover well. Um, because if you don't get closure on, you know, you mentioned like exit interviews with your players, you know, like there are always conflicts between players and coaches, and when when a coach doesn't intentionally kind of close the loop on a season. I, I did a fantastic podcast a month or two ago with Brett Burchard, who was the 
the um, G League coach for the Phoenix Suns. And the whole episode mm -hmm. was about exit interviews. It was an, an awesome interview that I encourage any coach to listen to. But, but he talked about closing that loop and like framing that experience, not, not only in a way that benefits the player moving forward, but like that's something a coach needs too in order to close the close that loop and and be able to recover. You know, this the same thing I think could be said for the conversation, as you mentioned, between like you and your AD or you and your assistant coaches, especially when there's especially when there's conflict, if you don't get that closure, I think it's easy, you know, to spend your entire off season, like thinking about what that person's thinking about mm -hmm. or worrying about the experience you guys had together that you never brought closure to. And to me, that's a, that's a terrible way to recover from a difficult season is to allow that narrative in your mind to like continue to spiral when you make in the effort to sit down with those people and wrap up your experience, like frame the experience and bring some closure to it. And even if it's not an easy conversation, or even if you don't necessarily agree with everything you hear, at least, at least it's on the table. Yeah, And then you can like take that information and move forward with it. To me, that's an important part of the recovery process is recognizing like, okay, some of this stuff I need to let go of, but some of this stuff I need to, I need to get closure on so that I can recover. Right. You know, because I know for me, like if I had a conflict with a player and I didn't resolve it, I would spend a lot of time fabricating a story in my mind about who, you know, what that kid thought or, or what he was going to do next or what our, what our interactions were going to be like the next time we were together or what our season was going to be like next year. And that probably prevented me from recovering in some ways from a pretty challenging experience. If I would have just sat down and conducted the exit interview and, and got that closure, I may not have liked everything that I heard, but at least I'm, at least I'm able to leave it, like take what's valuable and then leave it so I can, so I can move forward. You know, I, I think that's an important part of this conversation is what do I need to let go of yeah. and forget about? And what do I need to make sure I put a bow on so that it's completed before I walk away? And then I kind of have the mental freedom to recover the way I need to and then, as you mentioned, refocus heading into next season. Yeah, we, we we can't completely move on and prepare for the next season if there's you know issues left unresolved from the previous season. I mean, I'm as bad as anyone when it comes to sometimes I get caught up in the negative self-talk, right? So if you don't go to that player or that coach or whoever it needs to be to make sure – the relationship is mended or you need to just have a, just have an honest conversation. It may not be easy. It may not be fun, but it can at least have closure. Then you can focus for the next season. Cause a lot of times you go into, you know, June will be here before we know it. We're starting with summer practices and summer leagues and things like that. We've got to make sure we wrap up what ended in February or March so we can give the next season you know, our best mental preparation and, and also be honest with yourself about, no, these are some things I'm going to do different. These are some things that 
you know, this was my fault. I didn't do well with this. I, I, I talked about culture one time, but never really came back to certain things. And when the kids acted a certain way, like you've got to take some ownership of why things didn't work out. Maybe coaches need to clean up some X's and O's uh, preparation or, or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with everything you said there. Um, but also, you know, take real personal inventory about some things, just one or two things that can make it a little better the next time around. Because most of the, because yeah. you're going to get 80% of your team back. You're going to lose through, most of us lose three or four seniors. So the majority of our team is going to be back. So, like, you're going to see these same faces. Um, and, and if, and if, if that exists for you as the coach, then I can almost guarantee it exists probably even more extreme with the kid, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if you didn't close that loop, then you better believe that kid's probably not been able to recover from their experience with you either. And now when you both show up in June, yep. with that, with that story already written, you know, man, that's, you're setting yeah. yourself up for, for another challenging season to come. I mean, I, you know, I yep. think, kind of one of the overarching themes of this conversation is like um, you can, you can have a really great year record wise or really tough year record wise, but if you've got a healthy culture, if you've built strong relationships, if, if people have the courage to, to like speak the truth in your program and hear the truth and that there's a positive energy that kind of permeates everything that you do. then it's going to be much healthier Absolutely. and it's going to be, it's going to be much more fun and it's going to be much easier to recover. In fact, you may not have to recover yep. because it's going to, it's going to be what, what we all want our experience to be. Yeah. Um, but, but again, th- those things aren't free. And when you're talking about dealing with people and sometimes people who don't get it, sometimes kids who are immature or parents who are backwards, um, that takes, that takes a lot of work. Yeah. But again, you know, it's like, we all got, we all got one of two pains here, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret, right? That's right. the famous quote. So do you want to discipline yourself, do that hard work and create that culture up front and create a more rewarding, fun, valuable experience that's easier to recover from? Or are you going to allow some of the ugliness to exist? Maybe not fight that fight on the front end. And then by the time it's done, it's stressful, it's unhealthy, it's backwards. And yeah. then, then you've got a ton of work to do to clean up a mess that maybe you could take care of on the front end. Coaches, I want to talk to you for just a second about why you should seriously consider getting a Dr. Dish. First of all, their payment plan system is unreal. 12 months, no interest. I paid half up front, and then I paid the other half over the next 365 days, and I have a brand new Dr. Dish CT. On top of that, it's just the best shooting machine out there. The CT is so user-friendly, as are all their shooting machines. So reach out to Dr. Dish, tell them you heard about them on the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast, and receive a discount. You won't regret it. Your players will get better. They'll get shots up, more reps up, and you'll become a better basketball team. Reach out to Dr. Dish. Follow them on all social media at Dr. Dish B-Ball. Now back to our guest. Yeah, a short story for, for before we wrap it up here. This happened uh, recently within the last you know, few seasons. Uh, there was an issue with the player towards the end. Always been a good player, hardworking. But some issues started to happen towards the end. And our very last game of the season, some 
just some things popped up. So I, the season's over, right? It's done. We're, we're out. I went ahead and scheduled a meeting um, with the player's parents. I met with the player and then I met with the parents, which no one, I mean, who schedules a meeting with parents when the season's over, right? But I knew it had to be dealt with and worked out in order for us to move forward as player coach relationship and parent player coach. Yeah. And one of the first things they said when they walked in was, well, you don't like my child. And I was able to lay out that's not the truth and get in, you know, get into the meeting and talk about some things. It was a very productive conversation. But if we hadn't had that meeting all off season, they're thinking coach Smith doesn't like my child and they're talking to their son. He doesn't like me. Why does he like me? Blah, blah. And now we all met. I met with the player again and, and it, it worked that it worked itself out, but that was, it wasn't fun. It wasn't comfortable, but it was necessary. And you're right. It would have taken a lot of my mental energy. It, it would have rented a lot of space in my head in the off season, you know, instead of just having a, a meeting, let's, let's bang it out. Let's be honest. Here's some things I probably could have done better dealing with your son. And here's some things I think he needs to grow in. And now we've set off on a, on a better path together, as opposed to just in the off season, just letting it sit on us. And, sit. and then we all walk in the gym that June and we're all thinking, what's it going to be like, but no, nobody's recovered. Right. I right. Mean, right. Yeah. And, and, and more than anything though, now his parents can understand my perspective and I understand their perspective. And like I've said, we all want, we all want what's best for the child. We just have a different definition of that as, as coach and parent. So again, yeah. that, that conversation may need to take place with an assistant coach, with a player. For me, it was a parent. And then you can kind of wrap it up or put a bow on it, as you said, and move on and know that you've done everything you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that for me is the biggest takeaway from this conversation is as a coach, I think your first, your first evaluation point has got to be, you know, the, again, this requires some, some self-awareness. What are the things I've got to let go of? And what are the things, what are the things I got to let go of in order to recover from this season? And what are the things I can't let go of? Like that conversation with that parent, it would have been easy for you to convince yourself. All right, forget it. Just let go of mm-hmm. it. But in reality, letting go of that conversation would have created a much bigger issue that probably would have prevented you from recovering from that season, yep. you know, because of that inner story that you allow yourself yeah. to create in your mind. So as a coach, I think that's where it starts for you is, okay, let me evaluate. Does, does letting go of the, does holding on to this thing or, or, or coming back to it before we, we go away here, does it serve me or not? If it doesn't serve me, then I got to let it go and forget about it. But I also got to recognize what are the things that need some closure? What are the things I got to go back to and wrap up so that I can recover well? You know, that's a really hard thing, I think, for a coach to do sometimes because um, we, tend to, we tend to drift in one direction or the other. We either are the coach that when the season ends, we walk out the door and let it all go mm-hmm. and think that's going to help us. Or we're the coach who walks out the door and can't let anything go and think that's going to help us. To me, there's a middle ground there, a balance. And again, it's not easy, but we've got to be able to recognize um, what fits in which category. So that regardless of the, of the win-loss record, 
regardless of some of the other uncontrollable dynamics, we can recover as effectively as possible so that we can be our best moving forward. Yeah. And if you want to have a long career in this, uh, in this field, you have to be able to end the season well, you know, deal with the stressful situations, clean situations up to need to, to move on. If not, it'll age you uh, quickly. I don't care if you're coaching middle school or division one, you've got, you've got to deal with things. You can, you can move on. If not, it's going to affect every area of your life, your personal life, your family life, and how, how you treat people. Well, well, Travis, I'm, uh, I'm glad we were finally able to jump on a, a show together, man. It was great to uh, talk a topic where we're just not questioning guests and we can just kind of, you know, bounce our own experience off each other. Me too, man. We're going to, we're going to do this again, right? Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, um, and like I said, coaches, Travis is speaking at the Hoosier gym clinic. Um, it's August 26th and 27th. I'll be, I'll be getting info on out very soon about that. So, um, you can, you can meet us all in person, right? You can meet us in person and, uh, Travis has some great books there and I've got, uh, some funny stories, but thanks again, Travis. And, uh, let's connect. Let's do this again. All right. Thanks, man.